0: interesting as we look at the world we're in right now and things that are going on and how people are responding to it There was demonstrations held last week people are wanting to get back to normal and the uh, politicians are in situations where they're trying to do what they can to appease some of these things and and all while trying to keep things in order and it just uh, a real eye-opener about where our priorities need to be and how that we really need to turn to God for everything. And, uh, we've been talking about, over the past few weeks, we've been talking about our authority. We've also been talking about prayer. We've been talking about faith. And um, we've been trying to set up a good foundation so we can start really getting into the the nuts and bolts and the meats and potatoes of of what's going on here. Because, you know, after all, that's why we're here. We're here to have a relationship with God. And through that relationship, we want to be able to have our prayers answered. We want to have His perfect peace. We want to be able to have all the things that we have already, through the kingdom of heaven, given to us by Jesus. And to do that, we have to understand certain things. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity to gather in your house once again, Lord. We just ask you to open our hearts and minds to receive what you have for us today. Let's take myself out of the way, Father, and let your true message shine through. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. So, um, we have to ask ourselves a lot of questions. When we see these things take place in the Bible. We see these miracles happen, these things that happen. We have to ask ourselves why these things happen. What things led up to these things happening? What is the formula? Everything in the kingdom of heaven is governed by a law that God made, and He is equal. If He did it for them, He will do it for us. So if we follow that same formula that's laid out, we should be able to have the same results. And on the flip side. We know that God is good. We know that He answers prayers. We know His answers are yes and amen. So when something goes wrong, when our prayers go unanswered, when things don't turn out the way we need them to, there is a reason for that as well, and we need to ask the questions what we, let me say that again, what we did wrong. We've got to turn loose this mindset that God picks and chooses, that God just wasn't in the mood that day, that it's all random. We got to set aside that negative, wrong thinking, and we need to reprogram to a different form of thinking that is true and correct, that is from the Word of God. We're going to start out today in James. James, hold on, I lost my notes. James 4 and 8. And this is interesting. You know, we're constantly hearing about how we need to wash our hands, wash our hands, wash our hands. This is not a new concept. And the Word even tells us this. In James 4 and 8. Draw nigh to God, and you will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hand, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. And I also want to look at James 5 and 16. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of the high righteous man availeth much. So we see a correlation between confession, and healing. So let me uh, show you one more example before we really get into this. And that comes from Luke. And um, I'm not going to read all the scripture for time purposes today, but we know that uh, in Luke 5, there was a man that was, he was, Indeed, he was sick. He was paralyzed. His buddies, they gather him up. We've talked about this before. They take him up on top of the roof. They cut a hole in the roof. They lower him down so he can get to Jesus because there was such a crowd he couldn't get through the front door. And this is what takes place in Luke 5, verse 20. And when he saw their faith, he said unto them, Man, thy sins are forgiven. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is which to speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And Jesus perceived their thoughts and answered, saying unto them, What reason in thy hearts? For it is easier to say thy sins to forgive thee, or to say to rise and walk. But they know that the Son of Man hath power upon earth to forgive sins. And he, unto the sick with the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take thy couch, and go to thy house. And immediately he rose up before him, he took up therein lay, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and they were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today. So, this was uh, something new here. We see that Jesus, we have a man coming to be healed. He has a physical ailment. But yet, what he does is he forgives his sins. So, there's a correlation between sin and a lack of healing. And of course, that makes perfect sense Because sickness and these things, they're not of God. God didn't create these things. God doesn't put these things upon us. These things formed from living in a fallen world. These things all come from sin. So I want to go back to uh, James... 5 and 16. Confess thy faults one to another and pray for one another that ye may be healed for the event of fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Now, this is a verse that is taken wrong out of context many times. People read that and they are led to believe that We're supposed to just come before everyone else and just lay it all out there, everything that we've ever done to everybody from the time we were born to now and just get it all out there. That is not the case. That is a recipe for disaster. When we confess our sins, there is two people, or actually three people involved with that. Two to three. It's always going to be us, and it's always going to be God. Now, the third person in the equation is the person that we offended. Now, there is certain criteria we need to look at whether or not we need to bring the third person in. You know, many of us have a hobby. We like to sit and judge. You know, back whenever you could hang out in a store and it was safe, you might want to sit on a bench and you'd watch the people walk by and you would judge. I was guilty of it the other day. Whenever I uh, seen a lady take a basket out of the parking lot, And her little child was chewing on the side of it. I thought to myself, that's probably not the safest thing to do right now. But the thing is, God's not telling me I need to walk up to this lady and tell her what I thought. And that I'm asking for repentance. Because she doesn't know that I sinned. She doesn't know that I ever had those thoughts. And for me to go up and do that is actually causing more harm. Because now I'm putting her in a situation where she is now, I am now attacking her to make myself feel better. And that's not the way to do it. If you see someone and you walk in and you're like, well, you think to yourself, well, uh, Their hair is just crazy. You don't walk up to them and tell them, say, hey, I was having thoughts that your hair did not look good today. No, that's not what you do. Now, if you happen to go ahead and do it and you came out there and you said, hey, Missy, I, uh, I just think your hair is crazy. You've now offended that person personally. So now, yes, it's time to take action and to go to them and say, I made a mistake. This was... My sin. This is what I did. I shouldn't have done that. And I'm asking for your forgiveness. I am truly sorry about that. Most of our confessions take place between us and God. You know, certain religions that they have a a thing called confession. Well, you go down and you sit in a little box and you talk to the priest. You tell them all about it and they'll give you certain things you can do to be... Forgiven for your sins. We do not have to do that. Jesus paid the price so we can go directly to the Father. We are forgiven by His blood. For past, present, and future. But even though that we are forgiven for everything, we still need to acknowledge our sin. We still need to repent. We have to go to God. We have to confess to Him. And we have to ask for forgiveness. Pray for one another. We all have struggles, we all have things that are tougher to overcome than others are. And that's where we can pray together. That's where being in a a group, a solid group, a church family that has emphasis on the basis of the teachings of Jesus Christ, that has a love for God, Because when we have a love for God, at a default we're going to have a love for one another. So when people do confess openly what their situation is, we don't have judgment. We don't have gossip. We don't have finger pointing. What we do have is a group, a family a people that can come together and pray together to solve a common situation through prayer, through joint faith. I want to look at one more thing this morning. And that's uh Nineteen, and uh, this is the the text on Jesus and Zacchaeus. You know, uh, Zacchaeus is a common Sunday school trope little songs, and, and and I think sometimes that downplays the person that he was. And he was a, a tax collector. And we know we have other tax collectors. We had Matthew and, and such, and it was a not a very prestigious position. You would actually have to, in a sense, buy your way into it and you would collect the taxes that was owed to the government and then anything that you collected above that, you were allowed to keep. Now how is it that you're able to collect more than you owe? Anyone has ever dealt with a a telemarketer a bill collector, someone that that scams, they have all these techniques that they use to try to get you to pay. They use intimidation, they use fear, they use threats, they use lies. You know, the more we study history, the more we see that things are not new. You know, most movies that's made today, if you trace it back, they're based on something loosely. It was this character in history, this moment in history. Somewhere along the way, there was a basis to it. You think, well, wow, this is a great new idea. No, it's something that's been around before. Someone just brought it to light and reimagining it and redoing it again. And this is nothing new. The tax collectors were just the same people that we are dealing with today that we don't really care for. Why? Because of the practices they do. They were essentially thieves. They were liars. They were cheaters. All for the purpose of their own personal gain. So the better they were at doing it, the more they could do. And the people that employed them, all they were cared about was getting their part. That's how collections work today. They turn it over to someone else, and it's like, okay, if you can get this much, whatever else you get, you get to keep. It's the same thing. So, they were not thought of very highly. A matter of fact, during the time, it was discussed that it's possible that they could not be saved. That they were damned to hell because of the actions that they took towards the people. They were sinners by the very definition. So... Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. And in 19 and 5, And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste. Come down, for today I must abide at your house. And he made haste and came down and received joyfully. And then when he saw all that were murmuring, saying that this, that he was gone to be the guest of a man that was a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, on half of my goods I give to the poor. I have taken things from any man by false accusations. I restore him foretold. And Jesus said unto him that this day salvation come to the house for so most, for also a son of Abraham, for the son of man is come to seek and save which that is lost. Alright, so, first of all, we got why Jesus did this, why it's written down. The big story here is that anyone can be saved. This was a man that was a sinner by definition, a thief, a bad guy. Jesus calls him a son of Abraham. He said salvation is his. But what happened before that? Behold, Lord, half of the goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusations, I restore him fourfold. He is making restitution. He is repenting. Now, he didn't have a sick body but he had a sick soul so anytime that we have anything dark that we're holding on to it's putting up a barrier between us and God is not allowing that kingdom of heaven to flow through God doesn't like sin. God can't operate in sin. We have to shake it off. We have to (laughs) repent. And it's not only for what we've done to others. You know, many times we hold grudges against ourselves. We say that um, we're not good enough. That we're lacking. We're all these different things that we, we put ourselves down with. We say that we can't change, we can't do this, we can't do that. We hold on to our past transgressions. We don't forgive ourselves. A lot of times we do things that nobody else knows about the thoughts we have, the things we do in secret. But we know, and God knows, and these things have to be addressed. And many times that even though that we do turn these things over to God, that we do repent, we do ask for forgiveness, we fail again. And that is because we are human. And there's a big difference between putting On a a show putting on an act trying to trick ourselves and trying to trick God and then being truly sorry being truly willing to change but yet failing in the process we see the disciples many times they have they know what to do But they fall short. They know what to do and fall short. We see people like David that knew what to do, had a heart of God, but fell short. But every time, God gave him another chance after he repented. And when we see some of the ones like Saul, like Solomon, that did so well and then all of a sudden fell off, and then they never recovered. What we don't see is is where they repented. Where they said, God, I'm sorry, I messed up. I need another chance. We have to look at ourselves. And it's a hard thing to do because we don't want to admit fault. We don't want to see ourselves as you know, not good enough. We have Reputations to worry about, we worry about how we look in the eyes of man, but the thing is, the only thing that matters is how we look in the eyes of God. And we can keep trying to impress man, try to turn to man, and that's not going to accomplish anything. I see all the time, you know, we're, we're looking towards science to, to fix this problem. We're, we're looking t- towards the smart ones that science is going to overcome. Science can only overcome when God gives them the knowledge to allow the things to come together. As humans, we are a selfish bunch. We only want what is pleasing to us. We want our pleasures, we want to do things the way we want to do them and that's not always the way sometimes when we take the high road, when we take the godly road, when we follow that sometimes it's not always exactly what we feel we want to do sometimes it's going to be difficult, sometimes it's going to be challenging But that's all by design to make us better, stronger, and closer to God. We see a a decline in faith. We see a decline in church. We see a decline in believers. We see a decline in souls saved. We see a decline in people that's willing to stand up for God. And as a result, what do we have? Disease, fear, weather conditions. We see falling economies. We see people turning to other sources, drugs, alcohol, abuse. We see violence. It's not a coincidence. It's a direct result of falling away from our source. That was... Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We ask you, Father, that we can... First of all, realize... Where we fall short, where we offend others, Father, where we offend you, where we offend ourselves. Father, we also ask for the strength to be able to omit our faults, to be able to come forward, to be able to repent, and to be able to change. Father, we know that you are our source, and we ask you to, to show us where we fall short to open our eyes father so we can have the things that you have for us to take down the barriers that's blocking us from our provision that's blocking us from our healing the blocking us from all the things that we desire father that you can give us we ask you to be with all the needs and situations father and if anyone has a decision to make has anything that they need to turn over to you, Father, that need to come forward, to join a body, Father, to to receive salvation, may today be the day. We ask these things in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Page 382 in your hymnals, please.